Brendan Shanahan is the National Hockey League's Vice President of Hockey and Business Development. He's also the head disciplinarian for the NHL, former first-round pick of the New Jersey Devils. He was selected one spot before the Boston Bruins selected Glenn Wesley. I always thought that a big, tough Irishman would be the perfect member of the Boston Bruins, but he never got to play here. He joins us right now on the AT&T Hotline. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, did you know when you took this job, the head disciplinarian job, it was going to be as involved as you have apparently made it? And, and we were just talking about how, how impressed we are with how thorough you are with this. Did you know it was going to be this much work? Well, I knew it was going to be involved cause, because, um, you know, Coley was involved every night. I think the difference between um, what we wanted to set out and do with our department, people forget, you know, and we... We we really I guess we really wanted to 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 be transparent. We wanted to explain our decisions. Um, it's it's not always possible to explain every non-decision, but we try. We 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 do things like this when a when a certain market wants to have questions answered. We we jump on the radio and um, and and do that for them as well. And I always defend Cole and Campbell's group for not doing it because when they started doing it 13 years ago. There, you know, every every market didn't have a bunch of radio shows, and there was no there was no YouTube, and there was no uh, Twitter, and you know, so we stepped into it. Um, you know, myself and Rob Blake and Stefan Cantel and and a bunch of other people in hockey ops. We stepped into it sort of with a different perspective that players want more information and fans want more information. All right. Well, uh, as you probably guessed, Brendan, they're not happy here in Boston with your decision on the Malkin uh, hit on Boychuk. The big question is, what if these uh, names were reversed? What if Boychuk had hit uh, Malkin that way? Would the decision have been different? Big big suspension then. Big suspension. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, it's to me, quite honestly, it's uh, I understand the passion of, of fans and things like that, but you know, we uh, we looked at that hit, and we see these all the time. I mean, uh, we, or when I say we see these, we see hits every night. We This is a full-time job. It's every single night. You know, the Bruins have 82 games a year. But we watch 1,230 games a year. You know, we watch every single game. So sometimes you see patterns that start to look alike. Um, we have a rule in boarding. Um, when we made the rule changes last year, uh, and I've been to every club and explained this, and this this rule, especially in boarding, plays in plays a big role in in most of our decisions. That say, if the player getting hit puts himself in a vulnerable in a vulnerable position just prior or simultaneous to the hit, it may not be considered illegal. Quite simply, that was the case in the Malkin Boychuk uh, decision. Now. It has nothing to do with who you are. It really, and you could not do this job if you played by those rules. You couldn't do this job if you had favorite teams, favorite cities, or if you had grudges against players or teams. There's too much scrutiny. You, but it, but it does matter who you are because I've heard you on your little rundowns reports say no. history matters. So if a guy's history matters, then it does matter who he is. Listen to me. It's it matters who you are and how you've behaved in your society right. on the ice. Right. It doesn't matter who you are and whether you're an all-star. I mean, I suspended Alex Ovechkin 
uh, a day before, two days before the All Star break, knowing that probably he was going to, you know, bow out of the All Star game. It doesn't matter who you are in the sense of like how much do you make or what is what is your name. It matters who you are. Certainly, the same way it does in society. If you were to, if you were to, you know, punch a guy in a bar and go before a judge. And, and you said, you know what, I'm a good citizen. I've never done this before. I've got, you know, I'm a good guy. He would probably treat you differently than if the judge looked at you and you said, yeah, every, every St. Patrick's Day you knock a guy out in the bar. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to punish you because you're just, you're just not getting it. So I will say that I look back as well because these things always pop into your head when you have a similar-looking hit. And if you look early in December, uh, Krejci hit Mark Stewart. Almost in the exact same spot on the ice, almost the identical hit. Mark Stewart, um, his, his shoulder was exposed, and, and just before the hit was made, like just before the hit was made, as it's being made, Mark Stewart tries to reverse the puck and, and changes the nature of that hit that Krejci is throwing, and it turns into an ugly-looking boarding penalty. Uh, we didn't suspend. We didn't add any supplemental discipline. Now, if you look and really break down with objective eyes, uh, you know, the hit Malkin on, on Boychuk. And I don't care who their names are. But but with just prior, again, this when we put that rule in, there's never been more onus and responsibility ever before on the guy throwing the hit in history of hockey. But there's still some responsibility just prior simultaneous to the hit to the guy that's getting hit. There's still some responsibility there for him not to move, duck, spin, and, and suddenly do something just as the hit is being thrown that, that makes it the ugly hit. Boychuk's shoulder is exposed, so it's a green light, good time to hit, and then just as the contact is about to be made, Boychuk reverses the puck and turns his back. And it was the same, like I said, with Krejci and Mark Stewart back in December. It was the same a while back when Zach Bogosian on uh, Winnipeg uh, hit Pierre Marc Bouchard of Minnesota, um, broke his nose, and, and, and unfortunately there was a concussion. But we felt that this is something that we have to be consistent. It's not fair. You know, we go after players that hit defenseless players. Um, but, but when you make yourself vulnerable, that's different from being defenseless. When you make yourself vulnerable simultaneous to the hit or just prior to the hit. When I say just prior, I'm not talking like five steps back. I'm talking like a millisecond before. Then the, then the responsibility may still be on you. I know it must be hard to do, but you do, do you attempt, Brendan, in your own mind to determine intent? And does that have an effect on, on how you approach these things? Yeah, you, you have to try to do that. I mean, for sure. I mean, I've... Um, I think that's why you have to have played the game. And, you know, we'll put it this way. Look, I mean, you can break down every single play. It's funny, like, people in Boston might think I have something against the Bruins, which is, like, so absurd and crazy. But I can, I, if it makes you feel any better, I can promise you all I have to do is flip on my Twitter page. Or if I ever wanted to venture under the, you know, under the Internet, I promise you that almost every team in the league thinks there's a specific reason why I hate their market and hate their city as well. <laughs> every one of these interviews in every city, they think you're against them, right? I have, 
I have to defend why I don't hate Pittsburgh or why I don't hate Montreal or why I don't hate Buffalo or why I don't hate Minnesota. You know, and I, I mean, for, for Boston, it's even more absurd. Quite honestly, it's you know, um, you know, talk about a, a team that I grew up sort of admiring and. Cam Neely, who's now the president of the club, is, is probably the one player I tried to model my game after more than anybody. But it doesn't matter whether it's it's a, a team that you grew up admiring or a team that you played for. There's so much scrutiny on this job. You can't do this job. You can't sleep at night if you don't try to do it with as much integrity as possible. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. You know what I mean? I always say to players and coaches, I say you'd love to have a perfect season in sports. I'd love to have a perfect perfect season here. Like so, you can objectively look at this hit and say, "I disagree with his assessment," and that's fair. That's it's always going to be fair, but it's absurd to suggest in any market that we have a grudge or a thing against anybody. I was there when you were an 18-year-old kid coming out of juniors and playing in the National Hockey League for the New Jersey Devils. I remember, Dale. You were the kind of player who Brendan Shanahan suspect. would be looking at now. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I did get suspended. I've been suspended. Somebody told me when I took this job that it was like 11 or 12 times I was fined or suspended. And, you know, it's, um, I, I laughed when, when Gary Bettman and Colin Campbell asked me to do this job. I said, you're, you're basically asking like a, you know, a safe cracker to build a safe, you know, or you're, you're asking like a former, uh, you know, uh, person that's been in prison to run the prison. Like, you know, but th- their answer was, "Well, that's because you know all the ins and outs." And 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 uh, I I do think I do think when we do have a hearing or or we are making decisions, um, I I do think it does it is valuable sometimes that when I when I'm on these hearings and I hear like an excuse from a player, I can look back and say, "Yeah, you know, I used that one," or 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 I tried uh, or to use that one. Put it this way, I've never been on a hearing yet where a player has said, I did it, um, I deserve something here, you know, slap a suspension on me. There's, there's usually a reason or excuse, and sometimes it's legitimate. We've had six or seven hearings. We go in with an open mind. We've had six or seven hearings this year where we've come out with, with no supplemental discipline. But but for the most part, if we hear something we're not buying, we, we sort of call BS on it and we make our decision. Do you uh, uh, speak to guys like like Brad Marchand, for instance? Do you tell him you got to watch yourself? You're gaining a reputation here in the office. Uh, it precedes you when we when we look at video, when we when we look at a case, we know it's you. You're you know you we know your history. You got to watch yourself. You're young. Don't uh, you know become that guy who just you know who, who everyone knows is a dirty player. Uh, that's a great question because we we absolutely have made a huge effort this year to to sort of get the players first when we can, and that's not something that was done before. I would have appreciated it as a player um, when, a, when and we sort of use the analogy like we're not going to follow a guy on the highway that's driving recklessly and just wait until he has like a six car accident like. We, we pull guys over and just give them a warning for driving recklessly and say, listen, you're, you're heading down the wrong road here. And we've done that. Um, we've had 29 suspensions. We've had 30 fines 
people. We've had over 60 uh, just warning phone calls, which are conversations. Uh, you know, we're not dipping into the player's pocket. We're not suspending them. So you get a pretty good, honest response from them, and you get a pretty good conversation. And they learn something, and quite honestly, we learn something in those conversations as well. But we, we really do think that, like, I just don't buy that we're in the punishment business. I really feel that we are in the changing player behavior business. So if somebody thought that the only way we try to get players to change behavior is is through suspensions, they, they would be wrong. As, as, I, think as, as, I, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we try to do. Has Marshan been warned? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had conversations with Brad. Is he receptive? You think we've seen the last of those low hits? Well, the last one he threw against uh, against Emelin in uh, in Montreal, in which I didn't suspend. And there's, I, I was actually preparing a list of of things that we reviewed for Boston players that we didn't suspend. But I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to come on the radio and act defensive and defend my record against the Bruins. But but yeah, we had a conversation with. Pierre Shirelli uh, on the phone after the low hit on Emelin, which I didn't think was as low as Salo. I didn't think it was a, sus- a suspension, but there was stuff about that hit that just sort of stunk. Um, it, was, it wasn't smart to be um, sort of tempting fate with a hit almost as low. There was 1.6 seconds left in the period. It was in the offensive zone. It's not illegal to hit a guy with 1.6 seconds left. It's not. You can hit a guy whenever you want. But there, there were things about that hit. It was low again. It, it seemed from his remarks after the first suspension that he sort of didn't get it. Um, so we had a real good sort of forceful conversation the next time. It didn't result in a fine or, or a suspension. But I hope, I hope we got to him. Final question, Brendan. You talked about changing the culture and, and getting players to be more, uh, more careful about how they approach things out on the ice. And yet I look at the concussions in the National Hockey League, and I fear that they're not getting your message as quickly as I'd like them to. Well, maybe not as quickly, but I, I do think, you know, I, I do think that players don't get the credit that they deserve. We see it every night, I'm telling you. And, and it's hard to recognize it because you're, you get caught up in the play and caught up in, in the action. But we watch for specific things. And we're seeing a lot of players make better decisions. We, we showed a great example, actually, of Sean Thornton making a, a much better decision hitting P.K. Subban. And why, the reason why that impressed me so much is because it was at home, and you know what he wants to do to P.K. Subban. His back was turned near the boards, and he made a subtle adjustment so it was not a hit from behind, and it wasn't a boarding county, but yet he was still able to eliminate his guy pretty forcefully. But... I, I think that players don't get enough credit for what they've begun to do. I think it's still early, and, and I'd love for there to be uh, no concussions, but, um, but that's never going to happen. And I think that you've, we've started a course, and we just have to be consistent and as communicative as possible when we're applying it. Wait, is there any discussion in the office in your quiet moments when you're discussing the big picture about changing fighting, changing the rules regarding fighting? Well, I'll be honest with you. Our office doesn't make the rules or, or change the rules. It's not really our responsibility. Uh, we, we get given the task and responsibility of, of enforcing the rules that, that our, 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 our um, general managers and then our governors and the, and the NHLPA's uh, 
competition committee make for us. We have input, um, certainly. When we get asked, it's one of those, like, when you ask my opinion, I'll give it. Um, but at the same time, like, the, the, the GMs and the Board of Governors don't hear about the rules from us. We, we sort of communicate with them, and, and then they sort of say, this is the direction we want to go. All right, one last silly question. What would you do if a guy, say, punched a guy after he went down to the ice or punched a guy in the stomach? I mean, that's a kind of a code thing, you know, an unwritten rule, right? But are you suggesting this is your first silly question of this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd finish you know, with one. Did you ever punch yeah. a guy after he went dropped to the ice, you know, after he went down to his knees? Are you kidding me? It was the best time. <laughs> um, I see these honorable guys now when a guy falls down, they they stop throwing punches. And for me, I don't know, my eyes lit up. It was like, I don't know, maybe because I was the youngest of four boys. It was the only time I could get any licks in on my brothers as if they, they fell down or something. Um, you know what? We, got, we, we review every situation and every hit, like individually. And uh, it all just depends on, on the situation and, and, um, you know, uh, like I said, it's, it's tough to sort of throw a cookie-cutter cookie answer out like that. Hey, Jerry liked that. He liked how you handled things, your, your videos. He was very impressed with that. He was more impressed when he looked you up today and found out you, like him, had a part in me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, was it a big part, Brendan? I don't remember you. Uh, I think you just answered the question. Right <laughs> Hey, Brendan, did you get a co- I, got, I was a state trooper. I had a big Smokey the Bear hat. Did you get a cool uh, outfit costume? Yeah, I was, I was a state trooper, too. I, got, I, had to, I had to get, I remember I came there, and, um, you know, the Farrelly's are, were friends of, of mine, as I guess they are with you as well. And um, Yeah, I got in the background of a scene. I have a new appreciation for extras, and I always notice extras that are trying to hog the camera and get noticed, so I... Uh, I, I always get a good laugh. That's, that's, on that. jo- that's I was, John Dennis. I, was, <laughs> I got. I, got we were, I, was, I was. I was a state trooper in, in one very short scene what, with Jim Carrey because we were in a scene with Anna Kornikova. We didn't get the. I didn't get the scene with Jim Carrey, but Anna was okay to hang out with all day because it's how long it takes to do like one scene all day. She smelled great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I noticed that. We, we I went and watched one day, and it was fun. It was much more fun to be a spectator than to actually be in the movie. And, right. and uh, I think I also got had to get a haircut for the scene. So, uh oh. Yeah, no, I was in a scene with uh, Renee Zellweger, but uh, when I was in the, the whatever it's called trailer, getting my haircut, um, Jim Carrey walked in and asked if somebody had shaved, saw the hair on the on the floor, and asked if somebody had shaved the monkey. So. <laughs> it, um. You know, and getting back, Dale, to the concussion thing, you know, it's it's funny. Like, we, it's such a, it is a very serious thing right now to players. I can tell you from my perspective from playing, um, I have one reported concussion in my career after 22 years and, uh-huh. and over 2,000 penalty minutes um, because I got knocked out cold once on, on a hit. Um, so the, the reporting now in the, in the peer pressure to to be honest and report your concussions and treat them conservatively is not something we should run and hide from. The players are much more conservative with the way that they they um, take care of themselves, their return to play protocols, and and also just admitting it stuff that we would come off. I mean, I, I sometimes laugh now thinking back to going on the bench and asking them to train for smelling salts. Like, what was smelling salts? Like, <laughs> was that a concussion cure? Like, and, you know, you'd come over and say, oh, 
I'm a little woozy, and then you smell some smelling salts. So say, huh, I'm all better, you know. But it's it's the times have changed, and uh, it's certainly something that that we're learning more and more about, and um, and it's an important issue. And I think the fact that players right now are reporting them more often and also treating them uh, more conservatively, is, is, you know, is a good thing. Hey, Brendan, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us. Thanks. Okay, good morning, guys. You take care. That is uh, Brendan Shanahan, NHL Vice President of Hockey and Business Development and the head disciplinarian in the NHL. He doesn't duck much, does he? No, and uh, I'm disappointed that he doesn't put up the video when he doesn't suspend because that kind of— It would be pretty entertaining, right, too, Right, I mean, it was so good, and it, it's not funny. Uh, it is not humorous, his explanations, but it's thorough. You sit there and you— and again, when you're through, you don't really have any more questions. If you have a question about, say, are they still up there? I mean, could you see the milk? I mean, the uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, you, you can pull the them up. Yeah, the, you can uh, pull them up. The, the, the Martian. Yes. Yeah, you can and still get them. He goes point by point, with, second by they, second. Right, they put, and I can understand he has a staff for this because you got to put the rules up on the screen. Yep. Video, old video, you know, history of the guy, and all that. And you, and when you're done, you say, makes sense. It's very. He should be a politician because he's very persuasive. Quick break. Well, not so quick now because we're a little tardy. Larry Lucchino will join us next hour. Sports Radio, WEEI.